Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The heart wants what it wants, the old saying goes. But is it really our heart that holds our love? Or is it the cat poop in our lungs? You didn't know you, didn't know you currently had cat poop in your lungs? And then we travel to Los Angeles, California to take a look at the story of a young mother who's alone with her infant daughter. When she put her baby to bed for the night and crawled into bed herself, she thought she was just going to have another restful sleep. Instead, she found herself going toe-to-toe against an alien kidnapper. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. Let's go ahead and get the episode started. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our Christmas live stream contributors. His name means lion, and he's probably as furry as one. Give it up for Leo. Woo, yeah, come on in. You gotta walk on all fours and do lion noises as you walk in, Leo. Leo, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or if you're not a furry, I just outed this guy. That's okay, too. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, Leo, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Let's drive all the way out to a research facility. Driving on out there. And I, I, I'm telling you, like, this is where we're supposed to go to this research facility. Now, you're expecting to see, like, a white building probably like two or three stories with a sign in the front that says something like cyberdyne or biosyn or something like that but we pass we passed those two places you're like uh shouldn't we stop the future from being all terminators nah let someone else deal with that we're driving down and we pass all these research facilities and then we see this old house and the paint's all chipping off and it doesn't look like the porch has been repaired in 20 30 years and the grass is heavily grown over and i go here here's where we're going here's the research laboratory and we're walking inside actually i didn't even plan this leo you're the perfect person to be to be part of this episode we're gonna visit your buddies this house is full of cats meow 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 and then we're about to meet the head research scientist this lady comes out Her hair's all disheveled. She's wearing a a shirt that has a picture of a cat on it. And the picture of a cat 
is wearing a shirt that has a picture of another cat on it and just goes on for on and on. And this is Matilda Buford. Matilda Buford, the local crazy cat lady. And you're allergic to cats, you're super coughing and itching. Well, this is just the first part of the show. You won't be itchy the second part. We're in this cat house. We're in this crazy cat lady's house. And these cats are rubbing up against us and putting their scents everywhere. And we're just breathing in the stale air of urine and cat feces. <laughs> I really hope none of you guys listen to this while you're eating. Every so often someone emails me and says, dude, seriously? <laughs> but that's not my fault. That's not my fault. You know, you know what you're getting into at this point. The smell of uncleaned cat litter, breathing them cat feces. Recently, I was talking to Cabot Cove Balloon Friends, longtime supporter of the show. We were talking about parasites. <laughs> we were talking about parasites. We're sending each other photos of our bowels. What are you? What are you infected with right now, Cabot? We were talking about parasites. We were talking about some of the conspiracy theories involving parasites and the way they affect people. And I did an episode not too long ago about parasitic castration. And there's parasites that actually make it so you don't want to have sex or you don't engage in sex. And I said, are humans getting infected with that? Because we're seeing. People just disengaging from the dating world and not having sex and just playing video games all the time and things like that, which, you know, whatever. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with people playing video games all the time because I wish I could do it, right? I'm listfully looking at them as their gonads are being devoured by a parasite. I was like, oh, why not me? Why do I have to do all this work? I don't get to play Minecraft all day long. So I did that episode recently about parasitic castration. I'll put it in the show notes, but I'm sure you don't want to listen to it. And then I found this article, though. I found this article really around the time we were talking about we were sending photos of our own parasitic infestations. In Finland, the country that famously doesn't exist, there's the University of Turku. And a new study has come out of the University of Turku into Toxoplasma gondi. This is the parasite that has taken over the world. And I don't think that I'm being an alarmist by saying that. Toxoplasma gondii has taken over the planet. What's weird is it can only sexually reproduce in the stomach of a cat. That's the only place where it can actually reproduce, or the intestines of a cat. I, think it, I don't think it's like, okay, we're in the bowels, we can't see each other anymore. But it, it can only reproduce in a cat. But what happens is when the cat poops... The parasites come out of the poop and they're like, oh no, I want to have more babies. So when you breathe in cat poop, the Toxoplasma gondi goes inside of you. Now, right out of a horror movie, this is so insane. They, they found out that it can only reproduce in a cat. Toxoplasma gondi can only reproduce in a cat. But cats poop everywhere and this parasite is highly contagious. Now, it has to get back into the cat to reproduce, but it's already come out of the cat's butthole. What's it going to do? Well, if a mouse comes in contact with this, you know, an uncleaned cat lady's house, right? This poop's lying around. It's dusting off. These little parasites are sailing through the air. And a mouse inhales it. The mouse loses it. They've tested this over and over and over again. The mouse loses its fear of cats and will actually get into situations that will get it eaten by a cat. And then the Toxoplasma gondii is back in the cat's stomach, and it's just having a little orgy in there. It's like, we made it, boys! We're back! 
that's straight. That is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It actually shuts off the mouse's fear. They've tested it. They've put mice in rooms that are infected with this, and they'll spray cat urine around, and the mouse just walks around it. But a, a non-infected mouse will smell cat urine and be like, oh, dude, I saw a bunch of documentaries called Tom and Jerry back in the day. This dude wants to eat me, and he's gone. Now, the reason why, that would be fine, right? Who cares what happens to mice? They're kind of cute, right? They're little, little cool guys. But I, they wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's taken over the world if it's just infected mice. The thing is, is that this also infects humans. And we know this, and this is the reason why you have the idea of the crazy cat lady stereotype. Because in some people, Toxoplasma gondii can cause schizophrenia or trigger existing schizophrenia would probably be another way to put that because because studies estimate right now this was really taken over the world studies estimate that between 30 to 50 percent of all humans on the planet right now have either been exposed to it or are chronically infected with it because when it goes in humans, it's eventually going to die out. If you're walking by and a cat farts in your face, you're not going to have to run to the mental hospital. You're like, oh no, I'm afraid I'm schizophrenic. But if you're constantly around it and you're constantly breathing it in, you constantly have this parasite inside of you. It can't replicate in you. But it's going to do crazy things while it's inside of you. When it is in a man... When a man gets this Toxoplasma Gandhi, it's been linked to being a worse driver. Like, this has effects on how people think, the decisions they make. This little guy sliding around in your tummy makes you, a for men, it makes you a worse driver, makes you more rebellious. You're always talking back to authority. But in a weird thing, it makes women more warm-hearted, more open to, you know, relationships and things like that. We do, though, see there it does other than the schizophrenic cat ladies. It also increases a woman's chance of suicide after the age of 60. These are some weird side effects, right? It would be one thing if everyone got more rebellious or everyone got more warm-hearted, but we see a distinction between the two groups, and it's actually more dangerous for... I mean, obviously, being a rebellious man can lead to dangerous situations. Being a worse driver can lead to dangerous situations, but... A higher likelihood of killing yourself over the age of 60. We see that the very first time this was detected in a human was in 1938. A baby was born with it. It was actually in its brains. When the baby died, they didn't know what killed it. They did an autopsy. It was started having seizures, right? And then it died. And then when they did the autopsy, the brain was infested with this. And, the, and so were the eyeballs. And that was the first time science goes, well... This can actually infect a human. The very first time we discovered it in a human, it killed the baby. So, I mean, it obviously had been in people before. Like, sometimes these are connected to, like, crazy rulers throughout time. I remember reading an article. There was some queen who was super nuts. And they go, it could have been all of the inbreeding, but it could have also been she was known to constantly be around cats. This new, So we know all that. That's all established science. But this new study comes out, and it shows that this is having an effect on who we find attractive. <laughs> like, I've always loved bad drivers. They've done this study in Finland recently. The disease can spread from human to human in various ways. But one of them is sexual. It's technically a sexually transmitted disease. You, which basically is really disgusting to think that it comes from a cat's anus 
into you and then you're having sex and you're spreading it to somebody else. But when a man or a woman is infected with Tosmoplasma gondii, they are rated more attractive, even healthier looking. They did this study and they took people who tested for it, right? And then they took people who didn't have it and they're doing these photos. Apparently, when you have this in you, it makes your face more symmetrical, which is one of the things across cultures that people look for as a measure of attractiveness. They would show pictures of people and they'd go, who do you think's hotter? One of them's a cat penis. One of them is a cat with its tail up. And some guy's like, woo, can I see that one? They're like, no, those actually got in. That, that shouldn't have been in the file. That's in my personal collection. The scientist puts it in his pocket. With women, if they have this parasite in them, it actually makes them thinner. It actually could be a weight loss drug. It could be a weight loss drug. People start popping poop, popping poop pills. It can make them thinner. And they've seen, this is again because it, it can be spread sexually. It can't reproduce in humans, but it can. the parasite can continue to thrive and it can be spread sexually. Women who are infested with this parasite have more sexual partners. Now, they may have more sexual partners because people find them more attractive, but people are finding them more attractive because this parasite is reshaping their body to be more attractive. So more people are sleeping with this women and it is spreading. Now, I think eventually, you know, it wants to get back into the cat. So I'm wondering if we could trace people who are infested with this with people who, like, one day they're sitting at home and they're like, you know what I really want? I want to buy a cat. I want to go and adopt a cat. Because I wonder if it can change who you are attracted to, if it can physically reshape a human body so other people find it attractive. Change the jawline, change the cheeks. I'm not talking, it's not reforming your bones so much, but it can kind of give you, you know, it can give you a good look. I don't see why it can't also be like, buy a cat, <laughs> buy a cat. You're like, okay, Jason, now you've turned this real life science into science fiction. It's not like the parasite's in there with a little megaphone. It's not that, what was that, Osmosis Jones. There's not like a whole thriving city. In, or is there? Like, this is fascinating because at what point are our decisions our decisions? And at what point is it a parasite saying, you know what, I don't think I'm going to eat today. I feel like getting into more physical fitness. I wonder if you went to a yoga studio and started taking saliva swabs from people, how many of them would be infected with this? Fascinating story. I do think that a big part of our, I think our soul is our soul, and our soul is removed from all of this stuff, but we're also base animals, right? How much of our day-to-day decisions is based on gut biome and bacteria and parasites and all that stuff? I find it absolutely fascinating. And here we have one of the most infectious parasites that we know that we know of, right? Who knows what else is going on out there? Leo, our cat man. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. Catch him in your big old paws. We're leaving behind this crazy cat lady's house. We're headed all the way out to Los Angeles, California. And of course, I brought a box of kittens with me. They're so cute. We're flying around in the carpenter copter. It's December 1984, and we're in Los Angeles, California. It's nighttime. It's time to go to bed. We don't have a name for this mother and this daughter duo, so we're going to name the mother Sally, and she has an infant daughter, little Betty, little baby Betty. Sally walks up and puts Betty down in the bedroom. They share a bedroom. 
puts her in a little little crib. And then Sally's walking through the house, kind of finalizing everything before she finally goes to sleep herself. Now, as she's walking around the house, she's not laying in bed at this point. She, it is late. She is tired, but she is awake. However, she starts to feel like she's in a dreamlike state. The event is already beginning. She has no idea what she's about to face. She sees out of her window a strange figure standing at her front door. And she describes it as a alien that we would describe nowadays as a gray alien. Large head, short in stature, big black eyes, kind of a frail-looking frame. And this gray alien is wearing a gold outfit, like a gold tight-fitting suit. And this creature is trying to get into the apartment. She's actually seeing it. Turn the doorknob. Instantly panicked, right? You would you would be scared enough if you saw a stranger trying to get into your house, but this creature from beyond reality is outside trying to get into her house. So Sally does what I think any parent would do. Her first concern is for her child. She runs into the baby's room, and the baby is still sleeping. The baby is fast asleep in its little crib. And at that point, Sally turns around, and there in the doorway of the bedroom stands the gray alien. The gray walks over to the crib and scoops up baby Betty and spanks her super hard. Whack! Sally lunges for the child, and now her and this gray alien are fighting over this baby, who I'm assuming is awake at this point. She is fighting with this gray alien over her baby. And she gray aliens are physically very weak creatures. They do seem to have some sort of sonic or telepathic blast, which can freeze people. But you could grab a football, you could grab a baby, you could grab anything from a gray alien if you get close enough. And that mom has that mama bear energy, and she closes that distance, and she grabs that baby, and her and the alien are tugging the baby back and forth until, of course... The mother overpowers him and safely grabs the baby away. Now she's holding her infant daughter on the roof of the apartment complex. She is looking around. She has no idea what just happened. She was just standing in her bedroom. And now she's on the roof of the apartment complex. The endless night sky above her head. The cold December wind wrapping around her body. And as she's standing on the roof of this apartment complex, she looks and sees that the gray alien is there, as well as two other humans. And she starts to ask him, what is going on? Come on, guy, what's going on? I need some help. And the two humans just stare straight ahead. Like they're in some sort of trance. They don't speak. They don't move. They're just standing there. Her attention turns back to the gray alien who pulls out a wand, like a magician's wand, small metal silo, and dips it into gold liquid, which I guess is also up there, like a little pot of gold liquid. Sticks it in the gold liquid and begins to swirl the wand. You're like, this is clearly a dream. Hold on, hold on. The gray alien dips it into the gold liquid and begins to swirl the wand around and it starts to make a 
whooshing sound. And as the gray alien is doing this overhead, a large saucer-shaped UFO begins to materialize. Once the UFO is completely solid, once it has now totally entered our reality, a blue light shoots out of this UFO at an angle and a blue staircase materializes, leading up into the UFO. Sally has no memories of what happened next. I got this story from ThinkAboutItDocs.com. They got it from uh, Duane Bettel, who wrote about this in Heartland UFO Journal number 3, which was published back in December 1994. What I love about this story is that, one, it shows... Listen, I, I'm totally anti-alien, right? I mean, I love the stories, but I'm saying that. But I am pro-Earth, Earth first, baby. Like, I will go toe-to-toe with a gray or a reptilian or a Pleiadian any day. I'm a human superiority advocate. But I also understand, I mean, I love humans more than I love whales. But I also know that a whale could kill a human if it wanted to, or a shark could kill a human or anything like that. So I also respect the amount of power that these aliens have. And this is completely reality warping power. Appearing in the house, teleporting multiple people at once, materializing the UFO out of nothingness. Was it some sort of cloak? Was it entering our dimension? She could physically overpower this great alien, and she did, but it did not matter. The raw power of aliens is always very, very interesting to me. Because I, listen, man, I'd love to do an Independence Day scenario or a V scenario or a Battle Los Angeles scenario where humans are overpowering our alien oppressors. But that's all like dogfights with UFOs. That's not what it would be like. Like, that's how we can think it would be like, because that's how we battle each other. But imagine trying to shoot a heat-seeking missile at a vehicle that can just dematerialize and then rematerialize behind you. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting in a library. (laughs) You were in an F-22 fighter jet, and now you're sitting in an unending library with rows and rows and rows of people just frozen in time. What, What library is this? Where am I? (laughs) Do I have an overdue book? Like, that's the raw power of these aliens. How do you fight something like that? How do you fight something that can just warp reality? And what I also find super intriguing about the story is this is the stuff, as crazy as it is, this is the stuff she remembers. This is the stuff that her brain allowed her to process. Because when we talk about aliens missing time, people not remembering events, you can say the aliens have some sort of technology or some sort of ability to wipe your memories. But remember, a lot of times when these people undergo hypnosis, they can re-remember them. So whatever this technology is or this ability is, it's not foolproof. That's one possibility that the aliens are wiping our mind. As a paranormal investigator myself, I deal far more in ghosts and demons than I do in UFOs and Bigfoots. On-the-ground research on that stuff. I used to be an on-the-ground ghost hunter. I know for a fact, I've seen it happen to myself, and I've seen it happen to friends of mine on these ghost hunts. Your brain can only process so much crazy. 
your brain will actually, it has fail-safes in it. And it's like, nope, I didn't see that. That's impossible. It's happened to me. And I believe in all sorts of stuff. <laughs> like I said on Monday's episode, I believe people can get turned into trees. And there have been times where I've encountered things, my brain goes, no. Like, leave, get out of here, run. And then weeks, months later, I'll just be sitting there hanging out and all of a sudden this vision will come over me. And I was like, oh, that's what I saw. Did I ever tell you guys that story when I was in my apartment and it was full of all this negative energy? It's a long story. I had like this insane roommate. He was like, just nuts. And I was all, I, this was back when I was really, really like playing around with, you know, like magic Not Magic the Gathering, which is a fun game, but like trying to do like rituals and stuff like that. And I was in my apartment. I was there with my buddy Liz. I actually wasn't staying there at this point. I just was like full of stuff that I needed to move out, but I was still paying rent on the place and I was living somewhere else. And, you know, I have two apartments at one point. And we went back to this place, went back to my place, and I walked in. I immediately felt uneasy. I hadn't been there for a while. My roommate was nuts. I kicked him out. I changed the locks. He crawled in through the window. And I remember I went in there and I felt uneasy. I go, I don't feel good here. And Liz is like, oh, whatever. She's never like, she's easily spooked, but she didn't believe in ghosts as much as I did. And so we went into the apartment and I was getting some stuff to take to my other apartment and I remember I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Now, that's always a tr- This episode might run a little long. I didn't plan on telling the story. That's always a trigger, though. A lot of times when you're in an area of paranormal activity, when you're ghost hunting, one- and I never tell people this. I don't tell people this. I shouldn't warn them because one of the things when you're doing a ghost hunt is you don't want to feed them information. If you say, we're going to go to this place where a witch was brutally murdered 200 years ago. Sometimes they say when you look into the bubbling creek underneath Dead Witch Bridge, you'll see her face. Obviously, when you feed someone a scary story, they'll be looking for that. And you can actually implant that in your head. My technique was if I saw something, I would turn to someone else and go, do you see that? And they'll go, yeah, dude, it looks like a a shadow. Looks like an eight foot tall shadow standing over there. What is, is there someone over there? And that's exactly what I saw too. See, I know what I see. I have someone else describe it to me. Now I know it's a real phenomenon. I know that it's not a trick of the light because we're standing at different angles. I know that I'm not going insane. And so, oh, oh, so the the it's one of the things that I've learned is that when you're with a group of people, if one or more people suddenly have to urinate, it's a it's weird. I know a lot of people are like Jason. You've said a lot of crazy stuff on this show. I think I might have mentioned this before. If you or multiple people have to urinate, it can be either you just drink a bunch of water, or that there's a paranormal event appearing, manifesting. I don't know what the mechanism is behind it. I always thought it could be why people say they piss their pants when they're so scared, but then also people get so scared they actually piss their pants. I, th- It's a weird thing. And I remember being over here and all of a sudden I had to urinate. It's not every time, just to be clear, it's not every time I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, there's a ghost. Like, it's a certain set of circumstances. But over here, all of a sudden I had to go to the bathroom. It's like, oh. I went to the bathroom and I came out. 
And I was just overwhelmed with fear. I came out of the bathroom. I was completely overwhelmed with fear. And I was like, go, 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 go. We're out of here. And Liz was like, ah, she was still like picking stuff up to take, right? Was, go, 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 go. And we left. And I remember it was probably like a couple weeks later, if not like a month or two later, I was hanging out. I was sitting on the couch at my other apartment. I wasn't in that old apartment anymore. And all of a sudden, I remembered opening the bathroom door of my old apartment. So that I, I, I had a memory now of what scared me so badly. I remember opening the bathroom door after I went to the bathroom and standing in the hallway was maybe, I'm really bad with ages, but maybe like a 10-year-old boy with no face. Not like no features. Not like it was just a smooth face. He was skinned. I could see the muscle tissue. I could see where the teeth went into the gums. It was like someone had flayed him. Someone had completely removed his face. I remember opening that bathroom door and looking down and seeing this boy. Maybe a little older than 10. I didn't ask him his age. I left. But I didn't remember why I was so scared for a long period of time. Because my brain was like, no, dude, that's it. Like, we're not going to let you see this. And the thing is, is I, when I was sitting on the couch and I remembered that, I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't thinking, oh, I wonder what I saw. In the, I had completely, because I've been in areas before and said, oh, this is creepy. And then I leave. And this was a, just a fear that crawled into me. This terror that just seemed to radiate from right in front of me. And I was like, we're out. Wasn't thinking about it. Just chalked it up to, it was a weird apartment. But, weeks or months later, again, I don't remember. It wasn't too, it wasn't like years later, but I remember sitting there and I was completely relaxed, just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, I remembered myself opening the bathroom door and looking down and seeing this. You know what's funny? Now that I say, when I'm looking down... I didn't, because it was a, it was a 10-year-old boy, but I remember almost looking at it face to face. Which, I mean, I guess if you're a phantasm from beyond the grave, you don't, I mean, maybe he was floating? I don't know. I remember opening, I don't remember opening the door and looking down. I remember opening the door and seeing him, whatever, whether he was floating or whatever caused that. We're looking face to face, and he had, he had no face. He'd been skinned. He had hair. Which must have been super uncomfortable. You have this giant open wound and you you have bangs and it's constantly getting in there. I can laugh about it now. I ran out of there. Go, 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 go. And my brain finally goes, oh, we'll let you remember that. Like, again, I wasn't thinking about it. I just chalked it up to creepy apartment. That was fun. That was the same apartment. I talked about this on the show a long time ago where that one day I came home and I opened the door and I was sitting on the couch. And I remember opening the door and seeing myself sitting on the couch and me on the couch gets up and we start both walking towards each other. And then I, I don't remember what happened next. I, I And what's funny is I remember that happening and I still have a fear of that happening again. Like, I won't say it happens every time I come home, but... It's not super rare when I'm coming home and I open the door and I'm thinking, what if I'm sitting on the couch again? 
like it pops into my head at a pretty regular event. What if I come home and I'm sitting there, like working on my computer, and I turn and look? It's super weird. It was a weird apartment. It was on Sunrise <laughs> Avenue. It was on Sunrise Avenue over where Tom Thumb used to be. Sunrise and what is that? Antelope Road? Anyways, if you guys want to go get an apartment out there, be careful because one of them might be haunted. But so, sorry, that ran a little bit longer. But this is what she remembered. Like, as insane as this is, this is what she remembered. So what happened on the ship? What was so insane, so mind-bending, so soul-crushing that her brain said, nope. You can remember the staircase. You can remember the alien. You can remember the wand. You can remember the two humans. But you cannot remember what happened on the ship. You can't. It will break you. What insane things did she see aboard that ship? What did they do to her and her daughter? We'll never know because she doesn't know. And she doesn't know because if she knew, it may drive her insane. The raw power of the aliens that seem to visit Earth on a fairly regular basis should never be underestimated. We can make all the movies we want of aerial combat dogfights with UFOs and some of the aliens deciding to fight against their own to join the humans. We can make whole series about the giant Zentradi alien invaders being defeated by the power of love and the technology of Robotech. But the reality of it is, is that these aliens are so powerful. It's possible the war will be won without either side ever firing a shot. There may come a day where you just wake up, trapped in a pitch black room. You scream out for help, And your screams are answered by the echoes of thousands of other screams. Hundreds of thousands of other screams. You are now a prisoner of the alien invaders. And you didn't even have a chance to fight back. They just warped reality so much that they took us over in a heartbeat. The only thing you can hope for now, the only thing you can hope for now is that when the aliens come to your cargo container to pull you out for whatever insidious experiment they have planned for you, the only thing you can hope for, whatever they do to you, you pray that you don't remember it. deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio tiktok is at deadrabbitradio deadrabbitradio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but I'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys peace